Um, I'm Pastor Justin, lead pastor of New Culture Church. We're launching in the fall. We are, as of today, we are officially 70 days from launch. Seven zero, seven zero. We are 70 days away from launch. So um, there's days I wake up and I'm like, yeah, this is the will of the Lord. And there's other days where I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I thinking? What am I doing? I can go handheld because that, if that helps out, would that help? Okay, cool. So yeah, so there's days where it's like very schizophrenia. So there's some days you might see me and I'm good, and there's other days I look like I'm ready to jump off a building. I will never do that, but such is the life of church planning. Are we sure? Can, do you hear that? Thank you. Yeah. So um, just going to go old school. I might have to preach. Is there an organ player in the house? <laughs> All right, that's better. Whoa, that's hot. So um, yeah, I'm Pastor Justin. My wife, Candace, our church is New Culture Church. Um, I just want to officially just say thank you guys to this household, specifically to Pastor Chris and Pastor Pam, as in their absence. Um, you guys have done a lot of heavy lifting for us, and we are walking into a situation that does not happen with a lot of church planters. So a lot of church planters, when they start out, they're going to start with the sticky floors of movie theaters or like rent something that's like way too expensive for them to even open their doors. And just coming into partnership with you guys and um, just being like distant family, we just really, we're just humbled. I mean, it's just the favor of the Lord's been crazy. But um, I'm going to do what I'm here to do, and I'm here to preach. So this morning, I'm going to talk about five-folded hearing. Everybody say five-folded hearing. And then underneath it, it's hearing and interpreting God's voice. So you guys just came out of a series called Invitements, and that's where Pastor Chris has been, you know, encouraging the church to invite people to the house of God. And then last week, he talked about everyone and began to talk about hearing the voice of God. Um, and I'm going to just continue in that same flow as you go into your new series. Um, you guys have Denny Kramer coming, Prophet, excuse me, Prophet Denny Kramer coming. Listen, I am no stranger to Denny Kramer. I got a lot of Denny Kramer stories. Um, he actually tried to make me propose to Candace in the middle of a service before. True story. We got it on tape. We got it on video. Um, hence why I'm qualified to talk about five-folded hearing, because I knew it was God's plan, but it wasn't the time. But um, he was just giving me a hard time. He's giving me other great uh, messages. And specifically, I get to like do a lot of traveling, not since because of church plan, but I do a lot of traveling, doing a lot of prophetic ministry, um, I did. I do need to mention that I'm on the leadership team of International Young Prophets. So like Tom and James Hammond, Bill Hammond, Patricia King, James Gall, all of those people, I get to hang out with them. So um, this is my favorite topic to talk about as far as hearing the voice of God is concerned. So I'm going to keep going. So we're going to open up our Bibles, if you have it, to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. And I want to tell you a quick story real quick. So um, there were three pastors who went on their way on a retreat for a weekend and you know how it is when you get away on a retreat, you get to, you know, let your hair down, so to speak. You know, you get to let your guard down. And, you know, pastors are being pastors, so they're beginning to just talk about the work of the ministry and things that you're struggling with. So one pastor says, look, I just got to be honest with you guys. I'm really struggling right now with where we're at in our giving. And out of the pressure of just the work of the ministry, I started to take a couple sips of alcohol here and there, right? So the other guy was like, oh, man, he was like, that's terrible. Well, he was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but, you know, every now and again, you know, just to get a little bit of leisure, I relapse into my old gambling habit, and I like to go down to the casino and put 20 on black on the roulette table. So while these two guys are sharing their vices and everything that's going on, the other guy's just sitting there completely quiet, not saying anything. And they're like, come on, man, we know you got something with you. Nobody's perfect. I know we're pastors, but, you know, this is just us. This is just, you know, guy talk, regular talk, right? And so as they're coming back on the boat from the retreat, from the fishing retreat, 
Um, they get to the shore, and the guy finally speaks up. And he says, dude, are you sure you don't have anything with you? He's like, yeah, my problem is gossip, and I can't wait to get back and tell everybody about what you guys shared on the trip. So it's very important that you're listening very carefully, because if you listen very carefully, you can sometimes gossip. And my goal is to get you to hear the things of God and gossip about the things of God, not about your neighbor, Right? Not about your friends, not about your family, but talk about the things of God. So 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17, this is David um, coming into his place where he's getting, finally getting into the kingdom um, that was given to him. So this is his third time being anointed. He was anointed once at his house, once while he was on a run, and he was anointed again. Now it's actually time for him to actually get to the place where it's time for him to sit on the throne. Verse 17, it says, now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim, or Rephim, depending on how you pronounce it. Verse 20, it says, so David went to Belparazim, and David defeated them there and said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me. Uh, Did I skip verse 19? I did skip verse 19. I don't, yeah, this is what happens sometimes in your slides. So verse 19 actually says David has a conversation with God, and he asked him, how should I handle this situation? And God says, this is what you do, right? So who has 19? We're going to go old school. Just read it out loud for me, or if you can put it up on there. Anybody got 19? Just want to read it out loud. Go ahead, sir. Boom, there it is. So go, surely I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. So verse 20. So David went to Belperazim. David defeated him there like the Lord had said, it says, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Everybody say breakthrough. And therefore he called the name of the place Belperazim. Verse 22, we're skipping over 21. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord again, and he said to him, you shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching of the troops in the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded and drove back the Philistines from Geba and Gezer. Right? So here we have a story of David right, coming into a place where he's sitting on the throne. He's king of a nation. And the Philistines come up against him. He inquires of the Lord. The Lord tells him how to defeat him. He does what the Lord says to do. They come back. He inquires of the Lord. He does what the Lord tells him to do. He defeats them again, right? And when we're talking about five-folded hearing, there's very significant reasons why you need to be hearing from the voice of God. So as we go forward today, I'm going to pray that the Lord would give you insight on how you can achieve five daily breakthroughs, and we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to talk about five ways that you can make sure that you're hearing God's voice accurately and you're interpreting his will for you. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for this great house, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you desire that we would hear your voice. And it wouldn't just be something that we think it's you, we know it's you. So, Lord, I ask, God, that you would just download to me, download to this house. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome in this place. So, Father, just come and do what it is that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So David named this place Belperazim. What does Belperazim mean? You up there? Next one? Belperazim, the Lord who breaks through or bursts through on your or my behalf. So, like, David says, this place where I got this victory, God has broken through on my behalf. Or, a.k.a., it's the master of breakthrough, right? I love so many nicknames that the Lord has. My wife was up here. Her name was Candace. I have about 12 other nicknames for her. I will not talk about all of them. But 
when things are serious around the house and we need to have a serious conversation, she becomes Candace, right? Any other time, she's babe or, or muffin, don't, don't worry, I won't go into why, you know, or Jenkins, <laughs> or there's a funny story about, like, we just have all these great names for each other, but when I'm in trouble, I'm Justin, and when she's um, being called to accountability, let's just call it that, not trouble, right? She's Candace, but I love how David, whenever he goes through something, he takes time to, to talk about who God's character is for us. And when it comes to hearing God's voice, if the Lord's going to be the master of breakthroughs in your life, you need to be hearing his voice very, very clearly. Like, it's not one of those things like you, can, you can't afford to miss hearing God's voice, right? Like, for David, the stakes were high. The kingdom was in the balance, right? How much so for us as believers who carry a kingdom with us everywhere we go? that we must accurately hear God's voice on a regular basis. So hearing and interpreting God's voice is the separation between David and Saul. So um, if you're taking notes, really, um, what's really cool about the Bible is I'm really big on the characters of the Old Testament. That's why I chose to go Old Testament this morning. But the only real difference between David and Saul, and we know that David is called a man after God's own heart, right? But... There's other parts of scripture where we see that David doesn't behave like a man after God's own heart, right? Has anybody heard of Bathsheba, right? Let's talk about that whole situation. That's not how men of God act, right? Even scripture goes as far as to say in Chronicles that David was faithful in everything except one matter, which was a son, and he walked with the Lord blamelessly and was perfect and all that. We all can read. We all have comprehension. We know that's not true, right? I'm not saying the Bible's not true. Based upon his life and his failures, right, and his inconsistencies, he still had the ability to be a man after God's own heart. And that was because he had the ability to hear and interpret from the Lord accurately. Saul, same thing. He's appointed in, right? How does he lose the kingdom? He doesn't listen. He doesn't interpret. He doesn't follow through on what God asked him to do, right? Samuel says, today the kingdom is torn from you, all because he didn't kill Men and women and children, excuse me, men and children left over from the spoils, right? And that's Old Testament covenant. This is not a doom and gloom message, but like you have to hear from God accurately. You have to obey the voice of the Lord. So when it comes to this issue of hearing God's voice, the only difference between us and sinners or thus us who are on the right side of the cross is that we can hear God's voice and interpret it clearly, right? We're not better than anybody, right? We don't have more talents. We don't have more gifts. It's your ability to hear God's voice. So as we continue on, hearing and interpreting accurately determines your quality of life. What do I mean by that? We're talking about David and Saul. So Goliath comes, and he begins to talk a lot of smack, talk a lot of junk for days. And he begins to strike fear into the camp of Israel. And Saul's literally hiding, right? Whereas a whole army comes up against David. He's not even king yet. He was king for like a day or a day and a half. And he, he responds differently. He goes and he inquires of the Lord, right? So hearing accurately and interpreting what the Lord says to you determines your quality of life. There are some of us in here, we've made bad decisions because we haven't heard the voice of the Lord, right? So I have this awesome wife, and I made this joke about earlier about Denny Kramer giving me this prophetic word publicly about Mary and Candace. Well, what you guys don't know is that two other prophets that same week gave us the same words in the service. So it's like if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you're getting, we weren't even engaged, okay? I know you guys just got engaged, so I'll mess with you guys, okay? 
we weren't even engaged. We're doing what you guys are doing. I might have been, I might have been at the place where I put our, my arm around. Actually, I wasn't because I was a pastor on staff. I needed to look holy. Right? So I, we purposely did this. We sat on that side of the sanctuary, sat over there, and sat all the way in the back. Night after night after night, three different prophets who did not know me, who did not know this woman, barraged me on behalf of the Lord. They berated me with this idea that I needed to marry Candace. Now, unbeknownst to them, I was praying about it, and she, so was she. But we weren't really sure. We were at that stage. You know, you're dating, you're like, all right, it's time to see if is you is or is you ain't. Are we going to really do this? Are we not, right? So this happened. This really happened. I, 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 this is not fluff. This happened. And you know, thank God I interpreted it appropriately because if not, I would not have this beautiful woman in my life. Now, another story you guys don't know about Denny Kramer. The first time I met Denny Kramer, <laughs> I'm sitting on the front row, minding my own business, and I just got finished breaking up with a young lady who we were really serious about. I mean, to the point, we talked 17 hours straight on the phone. How do you do that? You charge your phone, and you charge the cordless phone. I don't know what we were talking about to this day. But, um, I had to let that relationship go. I did not want to. And it was very tough. And I said, Lord, I'm done. I'm done with all of them. I don't care how fine she is. I don't care how much money she got. I don't care how sweet she is. I'm done, Jesus. You ever make that inner vow, right? So Denny Kramer comes and he says, you're the, it was my first year on staff at Covenant. He says, you're the new youth guy. Yeah, he's a stand-up. You know how he is. And he says, and you and the Lord have been having a conversation about the romantic areas of your life, and you've given the Lord a little list of all these potential candidates. I'm like, man, you got me sounding like the bachelor out here in the kingdom. <laughs> and he says, the Lord says, there's nothing to matter with what you did, and you're going to meet her, and it's not going to make sense. I'll pause right there, and I'll share, you, I'll share with you more as we go on through this message. But he was, he was right. So hearing and interpreting accurately determines your quality of life. And why I tell these type of stories is, if I didn't hear and interpret accurately, I would be married to the wrong person. And young people, old people, if you're single in here, whoever you are, if you're single, thank God you're single, because that means you have not met the right person yet. Because listen, if you hook up to the wrong person, you will not plant a church. You will plant other things in your life, right? You will not have a successful life. I'm just being honest. Um, and it's just so much more than a mate, but that's tangible. Um, so are you practicing active listening? So this morning, um, it was time for us to come to church. And uh, my request was two sausage with muffin sandwiches, no cheese, and a medium smoothie. Unbeknownst to me, on my way to church this morning, I took three sips and my smoothie was gone. That's because active listening wasn't happening. We said we were going to joke about this. But active listening is one of those things is what I hear you saying is, right, all the marriage people, right, in the house, like what you're saying is you don't want this or what you are saying is you do want this. Well, just like you need to do it in the context of your relationship and in your interpersonal relationships, you got to do it with the Lord. Sometimes God will download something to you and says, hey, I'm calling you to the nations. And you're like, Lord, what I hear you saying is to the nations. But that doesn't mean today, especially if you don't have a passport. I'm just being honest, right? Like, it's active listening. So I just want to submit that question to you as we go through this. Are you, are you practicing active listening when it comes to the Lord? When you wake up in the morning, when you sing, Holy Spirit, you're a welcome here, do you really mean it? Do you really, do you really welcome what he is 
what it is that he's saying to you. When you say, Lord, I really want to know your will for my life, like, do you mean it? Because when he tells you it, are you going to do it? Like, are you practicing on a regular basis active listening? So, definition of breakthrough. It's an offensive thrust that penetrates and carries beyond a defensive line of warfare, right? Or a sudden increase in knowledge or understanding. Um, it's an important discovery that happens after trying for a long time to understand or explain something. A sudden advance, especially in knowledge or technique gain or applied wisdom. So we need to hear the voice of the Lord so we can employ the master of breakthrough on a regular basis so we can move forward. Everybody say move forward. So you don't have to show your hands, but if you're at a place where there's something you're contending with, this is what breakthrough does for you. This is what tangible says, tangible things. And I believe the day is coming in the body of Christ where we're not just going to say, well, the Lord's going to give us the breakthrough. Well, what does that look like for you, right? Where is the offensive thrust at? Where is the place of gained understanding and insight and wisdom, right? Um, you know, I'm a big-time movie person, and one of my favorite movies is the old-school Frankenstein, where he's like, it's alive, it's alive, it's alive, right? That's because there was a breakthrough that happened. He brought a zombie back to life. That was awesome, right? No, it wasn't. Jesus is the original zombie. I'm sorry, I shouldn't. I tell that to the kids, and they like it. But, like, breakthroughs are very significant, and you've got to have them on a regular basis. So, uh, there's five types of breakthroughs that you can experience, and then... We're going to get ready to pray. So a lot of this, I'm prepping. We're going to be praying, and we're going to be decreeing and declaring breakthrough over your life today. So five types of breakthroughs. So number one, right, initiated breakthrough. You start it, and God finishes it. So these are practical examples of breakthrough. So you might, you know, decide that you want to start a business. Maybe God didn't tell you to, but you start a business. You start it, and then all of a sudden, boom, God blesses that business, Right? I was just relationship and covenant with him because he is a good father, right? There are some things that we can start in our lives and God will finish it for us. He will help us with it, right? Um, number two, hands on. God sets it up and you have to finish it. There are things God has called us to. He's set up in your lives. He has plans and purposes and desires for you. Unless you step up to the plate and show up, you won't receive breakthrough in, in, in that area of your life. So you might have to initiate something. You might have to get hands on. This is my favorite one, one of my favorite ones. Turnkey, God set it up. He took care of it, and all you got to do is show up and win. It's kind of like when you say, yes, Lord, I want to plant a church. No, not, not really. Yes, Lord, I will plant a church, all right? And he says, okay, cool. What I'm going to do for you is I'm going to go eight months into the future, and I'm going to have Brian Henry from Treeline Church talk to Pastor Chris Mays from New Life Fellowship and they're going to bring your name up in a prayer meeting. You don't know that you need a building on the West End, but I got a, a building for you on the West End. Oh, and by the way, you won't have to suffer because the children's ministry is already laid out. Oh, by the way, they were blessed with a building about two and a half, three years ago, but two and a half years before that, they redid the whole building. They don't know they're doing it for your ministry, <laughs> right? All you have to do is say yes. God set it up. All we did was say yes to plant a church, and here we are with a building that most church planters don't get access to. That's the tangible expression of what breakthrough looks like. And the Lord wants to do that for you, right? Like, there are plans and purposes and desires and schemes and setups that God has for you, and all you got to do is show up. That's why it's important in the summer. I know we get all busy, right? And in the summer, we say summer here and summer not, especially at church, right? But if you don't show up to church, you can't get blessed, I don't, and I don't mean like, I don't mean like you can't get online, 
But there's something about showing up and being part of the fellowship of the brothers and sisters of Christ, right? Like you got to show up and be a part of a community of people because there's a blessing in that, right? Listen, my wife and I met at church, okay? We met at my job. She did not want to come that day to the meet and greet. I didn't want to be there, and I was a pastor on staff. Can I keep it real? Right? We met each other. She thought I was a nice guy. I thought she was boring. True story. I'm not throwing her, but she lets me, listen, if she had this microphone, you would, you would, yes, you would know about my life. When we first were introduced to each other, I said hi. She said hi. Some guy was talking to her, and he had a habit of rapping, because he was one of the Christian rappers who was like past his prime, and I'm sorry, Jesus. (laughs) And he had a habit of rapping to every young lady that he met. He was like, yeah, I got this one song, and it goes like this. And he was setting her up, and she had that help me look on her face. And as a pastor at the ministry, I decided to help my sister out, right? And he sabotaged himself. He says, oh, by the way, this is Pastor Justin or Pastor Jay. That's what they call me. And he's a youth and young adults guy. She turned. She's like, help me. I'm behind, right? And we just met each other. And that was it. We didn't see each other for three or four weeks after that. Then we didn't see each other. We, there was nothing there, right? Actually, believe it or not, her mom liked me more than she did. Her mom's here today, by the way. Her mom was like, I think you need to get to know that young man, right? And our sound guy, he was like, man, you don't need you a girl. You need you a woman. And I was like, man, I'm done, right? And then we ended up getting to know each other, but thank God we showed up to church that day, right? Or else we would have never connected. So turnkey situations happens in our lives all the time. So there's initiated, there's hands on there's turnkey. Oh, my goodness. Domino effect. One thing leads to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, to another. Um, Marissa, what's her last name? Mahler. So our first Sunday we came to visit you guys. She runs up to me. She says, I don't know how to tell you this, but I moved to Elliott. <laughs> was it set five years ago? Five or six years? At the time it was five. She says, I moved here five years ago and like, God told me revival was going to take place, but then we moved out here, and then we went down to one service, but the Lord told me not to necessarily leave this church, but he also said he had Ellie in his heart, and I'm, like, really stuck with that, because she was like, then when I see you, and I hear that you're taking over this building, she says, I don't really know how to tell you this, but when I can't make it to New Life, I go to Allison Park Church, and I've seen your video on their website, because they're partnering with us, and they're planting us, and she was like, And I put two and two together, and it's, like, crazy how, like, I see you in two different churches, and she has all these different connections in the neighborhood, right? The Methodist church right down the street, the brother that's getting the building, he's also a believer. He has a building across the street, right? We're talking about partnership. He keeps coming to our interest meetings. His family comes to our interest meetings. His kids are punching me in my stomach now. So, I mean, we're at that good place, right? Like, like. But one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And unless you hear the voice of God accurately, you won't walk in those things. Some of you are overdue for a domino effect in your life. It looks like everywhere you turn, there's trouble. (laughs) What do we say? If it ain't one thing, it's another, right? Well, how about if it ain't one good thing, it's another good thing with the domino effect in your life. But what has to happen is you have to hear God's voice. And this is one I just came up with recently as I've been meditating on this. Um, I call it the 2020 breakthrough. And it's the clarity of instant replay. So we have a saying in our culture, 2020 is hindsight. And there are things that haven't worked out in our lives. And when you look back on it, you're like, oh, my God. Thank you, Lord, 
for saving a wretch like me. That's when you go Old Testament, I mean King James, and you start praying in King James. Thou has blessed me, O God. Right? But if you don't hear God's voice accurately, there are some of us in here today, you've, you've walked away from your job, or you let that relationship go, or you said no to a great opportunity, and you don't know why. Then you come to find out later that the property value in that neighborhood is going up 100%, or the taxes are going up. And you're like, oh, Lord, I dodged a bullet. You're not that smart, but God is. And if you hear his voice accurately, you can live in that 2020 breakthrough. So these are the five types of breakthrough that you can experience, but I'm going to give you five tools on how you can get here, and then we're going to pray. So five practical steps. Number one is prayer. Everybody say prayer. If you want to hear God's voice, start praying. Right? You got to pray. We don't like that word. Millennials, myself, we, we were getting there. Uh, not all of us. Most of us. We're getting there. We're, we're starting to get into the prayer movement. But great revivals were birthed out of prayer. Great inventions have has happened out of prayer. I have a friend who's... Um, i got to be careful how I talk about it because there's lots of money on the table. Cut on the story short, his mother was in pain. She prayed. God gave her a recipe, ready for this, for a healing cream that's all natural, that if it goes to market, will rival Icy Hot and Ben Gay and all that stuff. And she's a believer. And she got a word about 15 years ago that she would finance the kingdom and do stuff for people in the kingdom of God. Now listen... When I heard that, I began to pray for her. <laughs> but it came out of prayer. It came out of that conversation with God, that God gave her that creative idea, that witty insight. Listen, the best resource that you have is not Google, it's prayer. It's not social media, it's prayer. There's so many times my wife will tell you, in this whole process, we've been walking through things, and she'll be like, I don't know what we're going to do. And I'll be like, neither do I. And you know what I do? I'll be like, I'll be right back. And I go to God, I'll be like, Sometimes that's the best prayer. And you say, help. And guess what he does? He helps. And then he does stuff that makes you look like the man in front of your wife. You're like, yeah, I knew God was going through it the whole time, babe. I knew he was going through it the whole time. But you didn't. But you prayed, right? So prayer is a practical stuff. If you want to hear God accurately, if you want to interpret his voice, if you want to hear at a high level, you got to have a lifestyle of prayer. A guy said this to me and it wrecked my life, so I'm going to wreck yours. He said to me, if prayer is not your first love, it needs to become your first discipline. <laughs> I know. That was, that's what I said. I was like, ah. It says, if prayer is not your first love, it needs to become your first discipline. And I'm very guilty of this. The first thing I do when I roll over in the morning is I pick this up most of the time. But a funny thing happens when I leave this on the other side of the room and I get down on my knees and I pray. So if it's not your first love, it needs to become your first love. So prayers are practical. The Bible, oh my goodness. If you don't know what to do, if you're trying to figure out what the voice of the Lord is, how to work your situation, you need to read the Bible on a regular basis. If a Christian or a believer does not pick their Bible up in a seven-day cycle, guess what? Your Christianity's broke. I'm just going to keep it real. If you've read more social media posts on Facebook than you've read scripture, there's a problem. Unless you're reading blogs about Jesus, which we all know we're not, do all of, we're not doing that most of the time we're online. And like, if you've spent more time on social media than you have in the word of God, your Christianity is broke. 
Because you don't know what the Bible says. So I get up here, this great preacher, and I start quoting scriptures, and I say, yeah, you know, Moses fed the 5,000 with 5,000 and two loaves and five fish. And you're like, amen. And we're like, wait a minute, that's not right, right? Because we know what that is. But we have in, in the church, and I don't mean like a generation like young people, a generation of the church where Bible illiteracy is at an all-time high. I was in a meeting with some pastors, and I was joking with them, and I said, turn to the book of Hezekiah. You know, just to, you know. And I, there were 25 guys in the room. Ten of them were looking. MDivs. That's a problem, right? So you got prayer. You got the Bible. Trusted voices. So trusted voices can be a lot of things. First of all, pastoral care. Uh, you know, I, I would be remiss to say you have some pretty awesome pastors who hear God's voice. They value prophecy. They value a lot of things. If you're not sure what God wants you to do or what you're supposed to be doing with your life or you're not hearing correctly, talk to your pastors or other elders on staff. And sometimes, this is what I've learned about people with wisdom. They don't need a direct download from God. Sometimes wisdom speaks. So you say, you know, my wife and I, we're having a bad time and we're thinking about splitting up. Well, they don't need to pray about what you need to do, <laughs> right? It's like you need to work that thing out, right? Like, like trusted voices are invaluable. And I used to tell my, my, kid, my, my kids, my, my, the young people I worked with, I was a youth and young adults guy, I'd say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Trusted voices, seasoned voices, voices that are built on the word of God, that have Christian values and principles, Right? I have a couple who we're cool with and they're trying to get married and all of your friends still go out to the clubs and all that. First mistake. Don't listen to her. She don't know what she's walking through right now. Don't listen to him. You got to have trusted voices. So there's prayer, there's Bible, there's trusted voices. Sometimes you can hear the voice of God through other people. Um, personal and corporate prophecy. So um, Andrea got up here and she shared a word of the Lord. We came into this house our first time and I don't know if you remember this, she shared a word about Winnie the Pooh. Yes. So that might have not meant anything to y'all, but I was crying like a little baby over there in the corner because I knew what that meant for me, right? So prophecy, and I'm not going to open it because this is a whole can of a lot of things we can go with, but prophecy, personal prophecy, corporate prophecy when you come into a room like this, or personal prophecy. So I, I told that story about Candace and I, so the day before we got engaged, we are in Orlando, Florida, and um, <laughs> man, we're in Orlando, Florida, and my idea was to go. I had it all set up, right? I had a guy. We got, we got things were paid for. My youth pastors were, it was, it was, it was going to be magical because we were going to Disney, okay? And it rained 40 days and 40 nights. Like, it was terrible. Like, wasn't it? It was, it was pretty bad, okay? Um, so I'm frustrated. She don't really know why we're down there. She just thinks we're going to go you know, hang out with my youth pastors. And I don't know what happened, but I went to go pick her up, and all of a sudden, we have what's called intense moments of fellowship. Not arguments, but just intense moments of fellowship. And she turned into another person. I'm like, she's sweet, she's awesome, but she's also a sister, she's half black, and that thing, I don't, it's like, the whole black side of the family. I can say this here. This is a safe place. I was like, I feel like I'm in the streets. I was, I was like, <laughs> I'm from the streets. I'm from the hood. I was like, man, I, I need to call somebody. Help me. Right? 
So, <laughs> I'm a smart man. I, you know, man, you know when your wife or your spouse is going high gear on you, the best thing you can do is say nothing. So I went radio silence, okay? So we got to drive to church <laughs> on this. That was the most quietest car ride in the history of Justin and Candace. I didn't speak. She didn't speak. I don't even think we turned the radio. I was afraid to touch the radio. I was, I was like, I don't know what happened. So we get there. And the whole time I'm like, Lord, like, I'm not marrying into this. This is crazy. You know, this is, no. I was like, yes, I'm so glad I waited. It came out. So we got a... We get to the church, and I'm getting ready to wrap up because I'm almost done with time. We get to the church, and uh, my youth pastor there, so we put the front. I was like, hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord. You know how you do when you come to church. Worship was awesome. God just straight came down. We were at um, Bishop Mark Sharona's church. Um, it was the first Sunday he renamed his church to Church on the Living Edge. But he wasn't there. That was the second Sunday. He was not there. So I'm like, oh, I can't even talk to Bishop Sharona about what I'm supposed to do. So <laughs> this preacher gets up, and he preached, and he preaches like our whole conversation that morning. She's like, I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? I'm like, yes, I will forgive you, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not proposing to that. I'm not signing up for that. We're getting some sozo on the way back home, right? So this is a true story. Bishop Sharona's not there, and the guy at the end of the service, he looks at Candace. This is in Orlando, Florida, okay? I told you about our whole history about prophecy, about being together and stuff. He looks at Candace and says, ma'am, I don't even know why I'm doing this. But the Lord says that you're hooked up to X, Y, Z, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and you're doing this. And it wasn't like bad stuff. It was just stuff she was walking through, some fear. He was like, and you, sir, this is what you're called to do. You're called to do this, and you're called to do that. And he was like, you guys are together, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so then the next day I went back to the room and I proposed. But if that word did not come forth, that personal prophecy, there would be no us. And I'm saying these stories because God clearly is speaking on a lot of occasions that he wants us to be together, right? So the last one I'll leave you with, and then we're going to pray, is discover and discern. Pay attention. So um, discernment is a really cool thing. And the best example I can give you is when you watch older horror films, not just new stuff, just demonic stuff, but just the stuff where it was like, there was a monster behind there. Ah, right? Um, and you would always, there's always that one person in the movie, I won't say what person. <laughs> Jesus. All right. And they hear a noise, it goes, and they're like, oh, what is that? And then they go see what that is. And the whole time, we all know, don't do it. Don't go over there. Don't go in that room. And he or she, most of the times it's a she, she goes, and then Jason jumps on and he gets her. And you're like, I knew it. I told you not to go. You knew what was going to happen. That's what discernment is like. It's like knowing where not to go and having a choice. Should you or should you not go there? Right? Like, you want to know what God is saying. If you've prayed, Bible, trusted voices, you got personal prophecy, there are some things you don't have to pray about. But you can walk in wisdom and use discernment. I, um, I, um, as I'm wrapping up, <laughs> I was, I was struggling this, this weekend. This week was just crazy. And then last night I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, God, what are you saying? And what's going on? This normally happens when I got to speak. And, and I, was, I was thinking about how many times we have an opportunity to miss it on a regular basis. And I feel like 
this afternoon, I don't know if the team wants to come because we're going to pray. Um, ministry team wants to come um, and the worship team, if you guys want to come. But I feel like um, uh, in, in Scripture, it talks about when Samuel and other prophets begin to hear from the Lord, the Bible says that God lifted a cover off their ears. That's what one of the words means. And I feel like in this room this afternoon, there are some of us in here in this house who you know God's called you. He's called you for a specific plan and purpose and design and, and all these great things, but you're stuck. Oh, my goodness, you're so stuck. And I believe, like, this is a new clean slate day. I thought you were going to steal my thunder when she came up and she began to talk about a clean slate. But while we were in worship, I just wrote this down for you. I, I felt like, and I don't know if we're recording. Are you recording this? Um, I felt like this is the season of uh, breakthroughs in this house that will lead to um, what's, what the Lord wants to call a daily quantum leap for this ministry and for this house of New Life Fellowship. Um, I'm hearing conversations in the spirit asking, what type of church are we? And the Lord says that you are a kingdom advancing church. Um, and what I see happening is there's a new apostolic release coming over the leadership in this house, specifically Pastor Chris and Pastor Pam and the elders and the leaders, um, where your heart will begin to discover, develop, and deploy new talent in the house. Um, the Lord wants New Life Fellowship to become a prototype and a new wineskin that he's pouring the new wine into in this season. There's a freshness that the Lord wants to bring to this house. Um, yeah, um, the Lord says that new life will be a prototype for the new wine skin um, and the new wine that he's pouring in this house. And everyone gets to play. Everybody say everyone. Everyone gets to play. I see an international explosion of 21st century missionaries being sent out. And I see um, battered pastors and ministers and church leaders and families and students and specifically youth and young adults being getting to be drawn back into this place because of the new thing God is going to do. Um, I also see the elders and people who have served this house over the last 15, 20 years. Um, the picture that I got was like you were, you were at a game and you were on a bench and you were sitting there and you were just waiting. You were just waiting. You were just waiting. And I heard the Lord say that it's time for you to get off the bench and get back into the game. And it's time for you to train the new horses that the Lord is going to send to this house. Not to just run, but to run to win in this season. Um, and you're not going to just be competing anymore, but you're going to begin winning. And I feel like the Lord says there's some of you in here, you've, you've, you've tried to hear the voice of the Lord. You've tried to step out on faith. You've tried to do really cool things, but you feel like you've just missed it or, or you're just competing. You're just showing up. But the Lord says he wants breakthrough to happen over this house today. That he wants you guys to begin to walk in breakthrough. That, that scripture that I read about David being established on the throne because the breakthrough of the Lord came forth. That God is going before you in your rest of your August and your September, your October, your November, your December, your 2020, your 2021, your 2022. And it's a season of breakthrough for this house. So today, I want to begin to pray and decree and declare over whoever wants it, right? This ain't for everybody. But if you want breakthrough tonight, I want you to know that it's here for you in this house today. So I'm going to wrap up. I, I, I know I don't know what the custom is here, but if you don't know the Lord, this would be the best breakthrough that you could ever make in your life. So I don't want to just assume that everybody is at the right place with Jesus. So if we can close our eyes and bow our heads real quick and just pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Lord, I recognize what you did for me on the cross. Say, Lord, I ask that you would come into my life today. 
would lead me to the place of breakthrough. If you've never prayed that prayer before and you meant it and that's your first time, if everybody's eyes are closed and heads are bowed, just slip your hand up. I just want to get this opportunity real quick. All right. While your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed and you've been hearing me talk about hearing the voice of God and breakthrough and this little prophetic word that I released over the house, not that it's little, it's not insignificant. You're like, man, there's something in that that left in me, something in that that connected with me. There is breakthrough coming into my life. I've been stuck on Gilligan's Island, so to speak. I know God wants to do great things for my life. I'm not hearing him clearly. You're like, I, I want to have these experiences that this guy's preaching about. Just slip your hand up real quick. If you want to get in on this, just slip your hand up. Yeah. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Yeah. Yeah, so Jesus, I thank you, God, that you're here. And you see these hands. Lord, I thank you for the people that had the courage to raise their hands. Lord, I even ask for the, those that don't have the courage to raise their hand publicly, that you would still break through on their behalf, Lord. Lord, Lord I decree and I declare that this is a new season over this house, new season over this ministry, new season over families. Father, I thank you for the restoration of things that were lost. Lord, I thank you, God, that you don't just give us back what we lost, but you give us then some. <laughs> Return on our lost investment, Lord. So I... I bless this house with the blessing of the Lord that makes them rich and adds no sorrow. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So my wife and I and the rest of our minister team, whoever prays, we're going to be up here praying for people to hear God's voice loudly and for God to go into your life and break through on your behalf. You guys are released. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, let's pray.